Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Suzanne. And we are best friends and business partners who understand how our lives and our work are intertwined. And we talk about the challenges that are up for us because just like you, we're trying to get better all the time. All right, Suzanne, we've talked about this before, but today we need to talk about what is going on in the difference between the way women and men deal with email and what it really means and Here's a spoiler alert. It is not. Women are from Venus and men are from Mars. There's something deeper going on, and we're going to get into it now. We've been complaining on on so many shows about the fact that men can simply drop off the email chain. I mean, sometimes they don't respond at all, right? Sometimes you'll send them something into the ether and they don't respond at all. Or sometimes there's one back and forth that's unsatisfying. They'll drop off. Women would never do that. Well, Let's get specific. Like, if you ask more than one question in an email to a man, they si- they simply will not do what women do, which is, in answer to your questions, one, this, two, this. Men will just go, yeah, maybe. And you go, wait, w- which question was that in response to? Oh, the number and- of times, Rachel, I bull- I, I'm kind of cringing at myself. The number of times I'll go, one, two, yeah. three. Yeah. It's a habit. And it's not just a habit, Suzanne. It's a deeply ingrained thing we're up to. So let's see how this plays out in lots of different areas and what it really means. And, And by the way, we're complicit. Everybody, every woman listening to this show is complicit in what we're talking about right now. We have been in our careers. And it's about the role. It's not about our habits and behaviors. It's about the role we play relative to others. And it's the role, Rachel, you've played in your career. I've played it in my career. But now that we figured it out and I'm so much more alert to it, I'm prepared to stop. After this show, I'm prepared to stop. What we're talking about, Suzanne, is the feeling that we need to be of service in order to have value. Oh, yeah. So, Rachel, let's go beyond the emails. There's Because you and I talk constantly about other patterns that are right along these same lines where women are just behaving differently than men are in this role that they see themselves in. So, for example, I know that 
women constantly confirm. So if I have a meeting or if I have a lunch, I know that I'm going to confirm it. My instinct will be, if I haven't heard from the guy in a week or two, uh, my instinct will be, hey, just confirming that we have lunch tomorrow. A guy would never do that. Right. Well, there, that's the whole scheduling role that women take on in, in basically, I mean, many women do it in their homes. And so then they export that to their professional lives and they go, oh, this is my responsibility, right? My responsibility is to make sure everybody's on the same page, everybody's happy. Just another example that came up for me. I am constantly asking my family and my husband and David, what time are you going to be home for dinner? Like, I mean, I'm a full-grown professional. and I'm a grown-ass woman. <laughs> I'm a grown-ass woman. And I will still ask so, so that I can make sure dinner's on the table. And I'm not kidding. Not kidding. And you don't have young children anymore. No, it's, it's a mindset that I have. It's a mindset well, that I have. Well, let's talk about that mindset because what we're really talking about, Suzanne, is not service to some greater good, but service to people. Yes. Service to my boss, to this guy on the other end of the email chain. Service to whoever is sending me a question over email. Oh, I'll just hop right to it and be of service to you because if I don't do that, then who am I? And let's just be clear, I'm not complaining. In fact, in some ways, this is a huge wake-up call for me because I'm not trying to man bash here. And in some part of me, I'm thinking, hey, why am I doing that? Why is my behavior so customer service driven? I don't don't like it. and, And let's open it up even further to say that the early part of our careers and many women's careers are forged in that mode of let me be indispensable to X, that guy, that person, that boss. Let me become so indispensably of service that they can't get rid of me, they will promote me. And I think that's really an error It comes from a really interesting place, but it's an error, and it presses on the question we're asking today, Suzanne, which is, who are you when you are not directly at service to someone? When we come back, we've got the answer for you. So this habit, Suzanne, that we're talking about of getting right back to people and feeling that we have to be of service in that particular way in order to have value is actually a bigger issue than way bigger issue than the, you know the way you behave on email or texts and if we really open it up and look at how we forged our careers and i think many women do this and have done it we forged our careers by making ourselves indispensable of indispensable service to somebody. And it's generally a male boss, but it doesn't have to be male. The idea is, oh, I know how this works. I will be so indispensably of value in serving you that, fill in the blank, I'll get the promotion, I'll advance in my career. And that's a problem. I think that there's a narrative that's going on. I know this was true for me the entire time 
that I was working for Jeff. There was a narrative in my head of this feels great. I'm so I'm so helpful. I'm so contributing. But that narrative is the one that really overrides the bigger question of well, if I wasn't of service to him, how would I measure my value, my expertise? Exactly. And by the way, I think it's important to say that contributing isn't the problem. We all need to contribute to the larger, the greater good. It's the idea of serving someone in particular that women get electrically charged and caught in that particular exchange. So I think that distinction that you just made between being of service to someone versus being of service to what's the greater goal of the project, of the company, of what we're all doing together and being sure to be of value and of service to that, that's the important thing. And it's hard to do. Let's acknowledge that also. I think it's really hard to break out of that mindset because it takes some courage because sometimes when you decide, I'm no longer going to be of service to him or to her, and you have larger aspirations, you stop doing those little things that before made you feel good. And now you you have to figure out this bigger way to add value that feels equally good. You know, I'm just realizing, Suzanne, I'm connecting this to something that I've said to you for years, that I can walk into a room and smell when a woman... A, a mature woman, a mature professional, is trapped in the quote good daughter role. You right? said that for so long. You've, so long, yes, you can, you can yes. see it in a second. They're like yeah. the best serving daughter ever. Yes. What do you need, Daddy? I will get it for you. And they are good and effective, but they're in this very narrow role. And it's like, oh, honey, you're just you're not going to get beyond that. You're not going to get beyond that. I can feel some of our listeners cringing as they're listening to this, both because they don't like that we're saying this, but also in recognition. And sometimes on this show, I think we have to be willing to do that because it's I recognize it in myself. Me, too. I, I, my whole listen, Suzanne. Oh, the you're things whole, most allergic to oh my gosh. are the things we recognize. I could so easily go into the being indispensable to daddy mode. Believe me, why do you think I'm so sensitive to it? It's because I see that inclination in myself and I'm repelled by it. Yeah. I'm just telling you, it works in the short run and it fails in the long run. You know what is an observation I have about the way you and I fed off of this desire to not be those women when we were consulting together at ROI Ventures is we were so determined to be at service to the why, to the project, to the outcome, that we were allergic to actually being customer service oriented. I mean, this is why we got dinged on it so many times by our clients. This is why we called ourselves insultants. Well, we didn't call ourselves this. Our clients called us that. Some client named us. They were like, oh, they're like insultants. But the truth was (laughs) we really were not interested in them. 
we didn't we didn't entertain them. We didn't lunch. We didn't dinner. We didn't schmooze. We just were like, fuck it. I'm going after the idea here. We are going to deliver you the best freaking product. And if it involves running over your face with a jackhammer, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. It, you know, beauty is worth the pain. Yeah. So there was some <laughs> modulating we needed to do just because there is – there are some protocols in life that are required that we weren't following. But I think that you and I were really trying to go to the other extreme because we both had this allergy to don't be that good daughter. Try not to be. But, you know, I'm kind of ambivalent as we're talking about this because I don't want to become – I'm not a man the, the way men behave and in, in, in that regard. I, I, I'm simply saying that if you observe yourself and you observe this tendency to constantly want to be just the best little server there ever was <laughs> – then you 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 really need to pull back from that and ask yourself how you can be of value in other ways, in bigger ways, even if it involves sometimes not being of immediate service to that person. And, you know, Suzanne, that um, Tina Brown article on – I guess it was on Friday in the New York Times that was so amazing about why yes. – why what happens when women don't lead like men i don't remember the exact title of the article but we'll we'll actually provide a link to it um when we post this show it was so interesting about saying it was really shaming men for the way they lead talking about the way women lead and saying but women we don't want to lead like men we want to claim the way we actually are, and just be very conscious about it. That's all we're saying. There's nothing bad about our inclinations. What's bad is being unconscious about it and falling into narrow roles. And also she was saying what is currently the leadership model in so many companies isn't working. So why would women try to just simply simply emulate those models rather than trying to bring themselves and the way they think to the table? Exactly. Even if it's very different. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
let's let's talk about what would what actually we're suggesting. I'm just looking back on myself and my thir- even all through my 30s. Like, what would I have suggested to myself yeah. if I were my coach? I would say, you know, that sense of urgency you have when someone has made a request, and pretty much anyone, but especially like someone higher up. Just observe that sense of urgency you have to jump right to it. Okay, observe that sense of urgency and see what happens if you just take a moment and ask yourself the larger questions of, is that important right now? Where does that fall in the scheme of things? Can I, before I just jump to it, ask some questions about it? Just observe that impulse you have to go, yes, sir, right to it. Yeah. At the other out-of-body looking at yourself I would have liked to have done in my 30s is to have said, am I f- adding value at work because I'm contributing to someone or am I adding value because I'm contributing to some larger purpose or goal? And it's not, again, that you're you want to be denying the normal behaviors of being a good customer service person in your job. But it's that, is that your obsession? Is that the thing that you are most meticulous about? Do you come to every meeting trying to impress a person? Or are you coming to every meeting trying to get to the best ideas? What is actually on your mind when you're in that that meeting? I I wish I had thought that. Can you, yeah. Can you hold for a time the larger question at hand rather than diving immediately into the request to put out the fire? Because that's what it feels like, right? So, for example, I have noticed, I really, I wonder if you have too, that when I send an email out over the weekend, and I don't need to have it answered immediately. I will always get emails back from women, and there are more and more men who simply do not look at their emails over the weekend, or if they do, they're not answering them over the weekend. What would happen if you said, I got this question, request, whatever, on Saturday morning. I don't think I'm going to answer this until Monday. What what kind of signal are you sending out about your self-respect, your boundaries, right? Those are good signals to send, ladies. And again, I can hear some women listening to this saying, well, my boss expects me, and by the way, their boss can be a woman, expects me to respond in real time. So what do I do then? And again, all I think we're asking is not that you start to become a bad employee, because certainly- Or a bad communicator. Right. But just that you ask yourself the question- Am I behaving in this way? Am I doing this rapid-fire weekend response simply because I want to please my boss or because it's necessary to do this in order to do my job well? Whatever my response is, is contributing to moving the project forward. Right. And And how threatening is it to you? that somebody might be a little frustrated for five minutes that you're not jumping right to it. Frustrated, not mad at you, not going to spank you, but just a little frustrated. Spank you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, I'll just end this part by saying you were my coach 
I mean, really, Rachel, that was your first role. I mean, we weren't calling it yeah. that, but you were yeah. you were my first coach. When I was in this very tumultuous time in my career in my 30s, and I had two bosses, I had two men that I yeah. was reporting to, both of whom were in this, I was in this relationship with where I really felt that kind of pressure Ugh, to be a, add value to them to make their lives better to make have at, sex with them the whole okay, thing. Okay, stop it. Okay, well, just with no. one of them. Never mind. Okay, <laughs> N- no. But the point is, I really wonder what would have happened if I had paused in some moment and asked asked myself, really, Suzanne, really. Is this the best you can do with your career right now? Because the minute I would step to the side and lead, like really lead, lead with my ideas, lead with on my own. Your vision. By vision. I felt awesome. I felt powerful. I felt felt real. I felt myself. But I would lose myself every time I'd get reined back into that daughter role. Yeah. And I I just, again, it's like, what would I say to my 35-year-old self? Self? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Rachel, spank me. <laughs> I might have said that. I think, But it's hard to do. Look, it's hard to do, but it starts with the awareness and it starts with asking yourself, I'm doing this right now. I said earlier in the show that I was committed to making some changes. I'm committed to making them at the micro level. I, we both are, by the way, in yeah. terms of just yeah. email, first. all that Go. stuff. Okay. Go. Here's my <laughs> macro one. When I'm teaching my course this quarter, which just started, so it's a fresh start for me. I have really changed my mindset. Last quarter when I taught my course, and there are 72 students in it, so you can imagine the Herculean effort, and I know you know this because you were tracking me. I really saw myself as being of service to all 72 of those individual students. I was in a customer service mindset to each of those 72 students, which is an impossible task. Even with TAs, it's an impossible task. So I almost killed myself with exhaustion and effort just trying to focus on them as my, my target of impact and value. And I decided this quarter, you know what? What if I aimed at the object of impact being the course itself? What if I tried to think about my value in the class as being at that altitude of spending as much time and effort or maybe less time and effort, but better time and effort, making the course great for all of them? Rather than seeing myself as an individual service provider for 72 people. You know, and and I'm just going to say, Rach, I'm just going to predict it here. I bet the course is better. I was just going to say, I'll bet you, ironically, that when the service impulse is made bigger, it's better. So I'll give you my commitment. And it's, it's very much the equivalent in a different realm. You and I have been consulting, which is an you know an advanced uh, incarnation of the service 
mentality. It, 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 in its, its ideal you, state. Yeah, in its ideal state, right? So, okay, we didn't do it like everybody else. But it, it was still the service mentality, okay? And we've, we both agreed about a year ago, you know what? I can't do that anymore. What I am now going to do is to say, and, and, you know, I have to say, I've earned the right over years to do this, is instead of approaching a consulting assignment, pitch, whatever, as how, what do you need and how can I help you do that? It is, I understand the territory you're interested in. Here's what I want to do. Would you like to get on board? Would you like to get on the train that I'm going to be driving and aim it in the direction that I know we're all interested in because it's going to be really great. So much, Rachel, of what you and I are talking about is a mindset shift. And you can do it at any level. But it started with this idea that I am no longer going to think about things that way. And I'm going to see what happens if I start thinking about it in this other way. And to be fair, Suzanne, look, we learned a lot of our craft through service. So I'm not saying, like, uh, stop serving. Stop serving everybody. Like, sit down at dinner and go, where's my meal? Right. <laughs> You'll get kicked out of the family. Check it out. 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 So let's get into the check this out for this week. Rach, you have a good one. Oh, I, I'm still recovering. HBO the Theranos documentary. I think it's called The Inventor, right? Yes. The book is called Bad Blood, and it's supposed to be even better. But I, 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 I am just telling you the visual of her and seeing her. I was so riveted by Elizabeth Holmes, the CEO of this lie of a company called Theranos, and her whole affect. I don't want to. I don't want to give too much away. Except that she has this thing. Um, voice that she uses and she swears it's natural. Except that people said that when she got drunk, like her voice would become normal. So she lowered her voice and then she wore black turtlenecks like Steve Jobs and she never blinked. And it is so freaky to watch it that you are riveted. 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 And it's bigger than just about her. It's the whole Silicon Valley culture and the whole entrepreneurial, you know, aura and that bullshit of lying about what is possible so that you get people on your side and you're all then engaged in this fantasy. And it can very, very seamlessly tip over into a delusional lie. Yeah. I'm only 20 minutes in and I'm riveted. I was so bummed that I I couldn't stay up and keep watching. It was so delicious. Um, my check this out is really fast. So for the first time in, in forever, I actually had to produce a resume, like a CV for Kellogg for as an employee. And I know a lot of people out there are in resume producing mode and our kids and all of that. And I thought, oh, my God, like I, what I need templates for resumes. Right. And I wanted to explore good ones. You know, what's next? What's new? What's fresh? Are there good designs out there? There is a website called Envato, E-N-V-A-T-O dot com. Envato. Like How the hell Mr. Find Roboto, but Envato. <laughs> there, there are lots of different um iterations of Envato, but you go to the one, you just have to go to the one that offers resumes. It is like a marketplace where designers allow you to download their shit. And 
you know, you can pay $16 a month um, and try it for downloadable stuff. It's so worth it. Well, so I don't worth understand. It. Why do you need to create a resume every month? This isn't just no, no, for no. Resumes. It's a million templates oh, for a million oh, things, wow. reports. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, cool. But it's I'm all downloadable. Get... And oh my god, in bottle. So check all that out. We'll be back to the big payoff next week. I am the modern man. If you like what you heard, you can find us at bigpayoffradio.com, on iTunes, on the ACAST app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please, please rate and review us. It matters. Like Mr. Roboto, but Envato. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.